So Christmas, Christmas has its carols. Easter has hymns. Independence Day, Veterans Day has patriotic songs. And then we, then we come to Thanksgiving. And it's kind of a hodgepodge of, of songs and, and hymns. We have hymns like we gather together to ask the Lord's blessing, right? We've got popular old songs, over the river and through the woods, from, to grandmother's house we go. But, but Thanksgiving really seems to need more songs. And I don't think Mariah Carey is somewhere right now working on all I want for Thanksgiving is turkey. I don't think that's coming anytime soon. Christmas just kind of powers its way into the holiday season, leaving Thanksgiving in its dust. And yet, and yet Thanksgiving demands to be sung. We're 18 days from Thanksgiving. And while the season is ready, I wonder if our hearts are ready. Have we found ourselves in a thankful place yet? It's not always easy. We live in some very divisive times. We, we live in a time where little disagreements between friends or family members can, can feel all the, all the more explosive. We live in times where there's difficulty for many, and, and there might even be some among us who are saying this season, thankful for what? What exactly have I got to be thankful for? And so for the next three Sundays leading up to Thanksgiving, we're going to spend three weeks in the Psalms, specifically Psalms of Thanksgiving. Psalms that call us not, not over the river and through the woods, and Psalms that don't even just call us to dinner. The Psalms that call us into the presence of God where we can give thanks to Him. We're going to the Psalms because Thanksgiving demands to be sung. Because there are songs of Thanksgiving that don't deserve to be plowed over as we make our way to Christmas. Our hearts and our heads, we need these songs because Thanksgiving brings healing Thanksgiving brings healing to us as individuals, to families. Thanksgiving brings healing to communities. Thanksgiving can even bring healing to nations. And God's Word provides us with the songs of thanksgiving that we need. We're going to begin today in Psalm 100. If you've got a Bible with you, turn to Psalm 100. If you're using the blue Bibles in front of you, Psalm 100 is on page 500. We worked it out just that way for you. Psalm 100 on page 500. The very title, if you look at the first line of this psalm, it gives you the title and it says it is a psalm of giving thanks. And so the title invites us into thanksgiving. It, it does more than that though. It demands that we enter with thanksgiving. It demands thanksgiving. It insists on our presence, on our participation in giving thanks. It is not just an invitation to dinner. It's not just an invitation to gather, to stick around and watch a football game. It is an invitation to give your heart as we experience thanksgiving drawing us into the presence of God Himself. It is a call to come before Him. It is a call... It is a call to make a joyful noise. The very first verse gives us who have no musical talent at all, it gives us permission. It gives us permission to sing along. There it is. Verses 1 and 2. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. That's the proof text that I have leaned on. 
my entire life. That is all the encouragement I have needed. You don't have to sing perfect. You just have to sing the number of times I sat next to Ed Nichols in worship or in church camp or in his car and listened to him and thought, I know it doesn't sound right, but it sounds joyful. You can't forget it does sound joyful. There's something in this call that we need to hear for our for our worship, for our hearts. It, it doesn't say, make a joyful noise if you feel like it. Make a joyful noise if it's been a good week. No, this, this is our response, not to, not to the circumstances of our lives, which at times may be difficult and challenging. This is a response to the presence of God. It is a recognition of who He is in your life, that place of prominence that He has. It is not dependent upon circumstances. It is dependent upon His presence, and His presence is always there. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. It's interesting. There have been studies that have been done on gratitude, studies that have been done on thanksgiving, on on giving thanks. And it turns out that giving thanks, gratitude, is one of those fake it until you make it things. If you don't feel thankful, but you will still give thanks anyway, it eventually changes you and you become a more thankful person. If if you follow that challenge that a lot of people do in the month of November, where every day you find one thing, just one thing to be thankful for, no matter how big, no matter how small, it will actually make you into a thankful person. If you keep your gratitude journal and list one thing a day, it will rework you. It will change your outlook. It will change your heart. It will change you. It will recreate you into a person who gives gives thanks, a thankful person. And I wonder, did God build that into us? Uh, We did the studies on this, but I think God already knew that that's the response. Is that why He commands there in verses 1 and 2, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth, serve the Lord with gladness. You know, the gladness we're called to here is not just that smile that you paste on your face to hope that everybody notices that you you at least look happy. The gladness he's talking about is a gladness of the heart. It is, it is a reflection of living in harmony with God. So in a world of division, in a world where any little disagreement can suddenly bring conflict in family and among friends, in a world where some of us may be dreading the conversations that might take place with family members over the Thanksgiving table, What if we start with the gladness that is a testimony to the harmony that we have with our Creator? Gladness that is a testimony to the harmony that we know with the One who loves us, the One who has redeemed us. Make a joyful noise. You see, Thanksgiving demands to be sung. It's not just about the noise that we make. It's about that conviction that's in our heart. The psalm calls us not just to make noise, The psalm calls us to know. It calls us to know that the Lord is God. It's there in verse 3. Verse 3 moves from that that voice, the giving voice of praise, to what's in our head. It goes from singing to confession. Verse 3, know that the Lord, He is God. The very focus of the heart of God's people Israel. The very focus of their worship from 
from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God. The Lord is one. The very force of the law, the Ten Commandments, the, the Ten Commandments begin, You shall have no other God before Me. The Lord is our God and our commitment is to be to Him alone. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and we are His. You know, the, the Hebrew language puts the force of verse 3 on that word know. K-N-O-W. It's not just an acknowledgement. It is a confession of our accountability to God. It's not merely saying, well, I guess I trust Him. I mean, my... My money says I do anyway. It's a confession of the place that he occupies, the importance, that place of importance, that place of, of authority that he occupies over us. Know that the Lord is God. That is the place that he occupies in our hearts, in our lives, in our church, in our community. Tuesday is election day. And I, I think it is a privilege for us in our church. We get to be. We are privileged to be the polling place for our community. And I think that's wonderful. I think it's wonderful that people get to come through here and go come through our halls as they come to vote. Did you know that 20%, 20% of all polling places in our country are churches? Did you know that? 20% of all polling places in the United States are churches, places where people are used to gathering for worship already. In fact, in Illinois, it's 30%. 30% of all polling places that people will go to this Tuesday are churches. Uh, and, and I think it's wonderful. You know, Tuesday there will be questions that people have of questions of loyalty. <laughs> questions of loyalty to, to parties and questions of loyalty to the way that, well, that's not how our families ever voted before. People will have those kind of questions of loyalty. There'll be questions of the trust and the promises that people have heard from their politicians, promises that they have sent in the mail, it feels like every day. Uh, those text messages, who told them what my phone number was? Why do they text me with those promises? And depending on how the votes go, there may be some difficult conversations around Thanksgiving tables for some families this year. Psalm 100 calls us to consider before anything else, before party loyalty, before our vote, before, before any other loyalty, where is our loyalty? Do we confess? Do our lives confess above all else the place that God occupies, the place of authority that He occupies in our lives? But don't miss this. It, it's not merely what your commitment to God is. It's about His commitment to you. Verse 3 confesses that we are His, but it also confesses that He is the One who made us. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Where have we heard that before? Oh, I remember a few weeks ago when we looked at our identity as the shepherd and his flock. John chapter 10, verse 14, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and I know my own. My own know me. Know that the Lord, He is God. The good shepherd knows us. The good shepherd leads us to green pastures, to still waters. And in His commitment to us, He leads us home. And so above the turmoil of our world and above the lights 
of Christmas that aren't quite here yet, the lights and the noise of other holidays. We hear the call of Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving demands to be sung. The second half of the psalm draws us in and intensifies. The second half of the psalm leaves us with no choice. We go from this very vague, make a joyful noise, whatever it sounds like, to a very decisive verse 4. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and bless His name. You've heard those words. You've sung those words. I saw some of you trying to clap along and remember exactly how it goes. Some of you even bounced. Some of you were even bouncing as we sang those words. And you've heard and sung those before. The author's mind is, is very literally on the gates of the temple. The gates that would open as worshipers would come. His mind is very literally on the court of the temple that people would fill as they came into God's presence as they entered the temple to worship. And he's brought us full circle from, from verse 2. Come into His presence with singing to enter His gates with thanksgiving. He invites us to come before Him. He invites us to come before the God we confess, the God we know, the God who knows us, to come giving thanks because thanksgiving holds our focus on Him. And that's why thanksgiving demands to be sung. Because you and I get distracted sometimes. Because shiny things will distract us. Uh, our attention is easily given to the shiny. It's easily given to the loud. Whether that's the tinsel of the Christmas season that's not quite here yet or the turmoil, the loud, uh, the, the boasts of the politicians who are begging us for their votes this week. Or whether that's the troubles that we've experienced in our families over the last year, the troubles we've had with our health, the troubles that we've known as a community, the, the troubles we've had with our friends, troubles we've had with our neighbors. We need to be called back again and again to thanksgiving. We need to be called back to sing the songs that put God at the center of our being. And we find out when we get there that we are at the center of His love. The psalm ends and the focus at the ending is not on our commitment to God, but on His commitment to us. The focus in that last verse is on His love, a love that defies definition. A love that defies us to, to understand any attempt for us to comprehend it. Verse 5, for the Lord is good. And His steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. The politicians may or may not keep their promises, but God always keeps His promises because His steadfast love endures forever. The worries of life and the lights of the holiday, they, they might distract us, but His faithfulness is on us. His faithfulness is to all generations, even us. And we find that the One to whom we come to give thanks He's already come near us. Jesus came near. He invites us to come close. He invites us to know Him. Our Savior, our Shepherd, our Redeemer, our Friend. If you get old enough, you start thinking about all the things that Thanksgiving has been over the years. And sooner or later, it seems to me, you reach an age where you realize that everything that Thanksgiving is, so much of it, is just so fragile. And you start saying things like, it's just not Thanksgiving without a house full of family. 
And then 2020 comes along and takes that from us. It's just not Thanksgiving without a big turkey. And this year, the bird flu apparently stepped in. And that's going to be difficult for some people to have that. And then you start thinking, it's just not Thanksgiving without mom. Or if you're me, you start thinking, it's just not Thanksgiving without mom's oyster dressing. <laughs> and Trish got really close last year. She's getting better. She's, she's, she's just about got it. But you think of all of those things that make Thanksgiving Thanksgiving for us, and they are all so fragile. So many of those things. Families scatter. Loved ones pass. Traditions change. <laughs> turkeys get really expensive. And yet, still, Thanksgiving demands to be sung. We're coming to communion. When we come to communion, we call it the, the Lord's Supper. We also call it the Eucharist. And Eucharist is a word that means Thanksgiving. Interesting, isn't it? We come to, we come to Thanksgiving. And as we prepare ourselves for Thanksgiving today, I want to give you a song that maybe you haven't heard before. Maybe a song that got lost uh, and uh, it's been around for a couple of years, but, but it may be new to you because maybe it got lost in the swell of all of the Christmas music over the, over the season. Maybe you didn't hear this song. It, it comes from a wonderful artist named Ben Rector. If you're not familiar with Ben Rector, uh, if you can find anything that he's sung, I, I think, I think you'll, you'll appreciate what he says. He, he has a wonderful way of making you feel good and then just suddenly ripping your heart out. <laughs> And in the same breath as he's ripping your heart out, he, he somehow brings healing. But in 2020, after that long year that we went through of 2020, Ben Rector released this song simply called the Thanksgiving Song. I want you to listen to it. We're going to put the words up on the screen. Uh, sing along if you'd like. I don't think Ben would mind if you can sing along. If you just make a joyful noise, that's fine also. But I want you to hear this call to Thanksgiving together. Fill your plate, fill your drink, put your dishes in the kitchen sink, and let the leftover year just wash away because I'm, we made it through, I do believe, another one of the longest years <laughs> in history. And thank God for this Thanksgiving day. Let's pray. Father, you demand our presence at Thanksgiving. You command us to sing a Thanksgiving. And it's not, that you, it's not that you want the praise. It's not that you require the praise and, and for us to say thank you to you. But that you have built it within us that Thanksgiving changes us. Thanksgiving makes us more thankful. Thanksgiving draws us closer and closer into your presence. And so when your son came near and gave his life on the cross, as horrible as a death that that was, as horrible as it was for His body to be broken, His blood to be shed, our response is the Eucharist. And our response is to give thanks. And so we thank You today for the bread. We thank You for the cup. We thank You for all that they represent. And we thank You for Your faithfulness to us, for Your steadfast love to all generations, even, even to us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.